We are your evening explorationists. Allow me to show you something. Welcome to an episode where two average and definitely unqualified college students analyze and reflect on lessons in literature and relate them to past, present, and future experiences. And for more cool shit, head up our website listed in the description for more episodes, merch, and well, even more cool shit. Hey guys, it's Nate. And hey, what's up? It's Cody. And we are two college students very excited to dive deep into these podcasts, and we hope you enjoy. And today we'll be talking about fear and how Marcus Aurelius used it in the battle against the Sarmatians. We're going to start out by telling the story, um, kind of part of the background of Marcus Aurelius and these barbarians, uh, as the book describes it. Um, not to mention we are in the book How to Think Like a Roman Emperor by Donald Robertson, if, for those who are just listening to this episode, or we go more into depth different lessons in the previous episodes. Um, anyway, the, so the battle between the Romans and the Sarmatians, um, it was interesting. The Romans were collective, right? They were they were rigid, they were structured, and they were led fiercely by Marcus. And they they developed a strategy of combating these barbarians who rode on horseback and would plunder through towns, uh, take treasure, pretty much like a Viking um, that one could compare it to. But ultimately, their one strategy was to form a box. When the Sarmatians ran through and say their axes struck the shields, it wouldn't have much effect, but to this end, uh, the Sarmatians got smart, and they trained their horses to charge on ice. So while in transit, uh, many times, the Romans were ambushed by uh, these Sarmatians. So Marcus had to come up with a new strategy, because just looking at, you know, all these troops just sprinting at you on horseback, screaming and yelling, you know, I mean, you have a lot of people behind you, but you're not on horseback. <laughs> you're standing there with a shield, with a metal plate, uh, just trying to protect yourself. So they had to overcome this fear um, on top of being loyal, and they were able to. And Marcus found a way. He trained the soldiers to overcome this fear through an emotional battle drill. He would say, say when someone dies or they they lose a front that this is not a misfortune rather to bear it nobly is good fortune so hold your head up move on understand that it's going to happen and this is important because they ultimately changed their strategy um, a different totally different tactic i won't get into that because it's not important to the topic but ultimately they changed it um through stress inoculation was a new, new way of um training, or at least that's what psychologists call it nowadays, is stress inoculation. It's exposing yourself to stressful situations uh, in small doses to build tolerance and resistance to emotional peril. So for example, um, a modern day example would be taking cold showers, or um, as Marcus does, he says, we'll go into the reserve clause in a bit, but in the previous episode I mentioned, he says he deals with idiots every day. So... And you know what? I think that's uh, I think that's really interesting how you took like a modern interpretation off of something that happened uh, a very very long time ago. And if we're looking even more into like a personal, um, almost like a college person feel, uh, I think um, this idea of um, like fear is uh, in turn relates to um, understanding. So fear is like the opposite of understanding. It's um, to be clear, it's the state of unknowing. And so 
where uh, you don't really know what's going on on the other side of the wall. You don't know what's going on on the other side of the door, what's underneath your bed, what it, whatever it might be. It's like a kid whenever we used to think monsters were under the bed, in the closet, whatever it might be. And this is 100% human nature. Um, but what might happen if we truly lived without fear? And I'm not saying this fear of um, spiders, this fear of snakes, whatever it might be. I'm thinking big, big picture. Like, uh, and I, I hope you agree that honestly living without, um, or living under this dark umbrella of fear, um, we can't really be the best versions of ourselves. Um, we're always, um, held back and we're inside of this bubble that we're comfortable with and, um, without facing the fears that I've had over the years. And I'll explain it more later in the episode, but I don't think I'd be the person I am today without it. And I, I was wondering what you thought about that. Yeah. Well, the book goes into detail about how the Stoics viewed fear as an expectation that something bad is going to happen. So yeah, I completely agree. It's definitely, it's, it's really not understanding what's going to happen. And there's two ways to think about it. It's going to be bad or it's going to be good. Right. And, and having that optimism is usually a good thing, but, um, for the reserve clause, it's undertaking action while calmly accepting that the outcome is entirely under your control. So that's the other side of it. You either think, Oh my God, something great's going to happen. Something bad happens or something great happens and vice versa. Or you can relate to this reserve clause that the Stoics talk about, which is completely the bottom line of the Stoics, just knowing it is out of your control. And I actually pulled up the quote where you were talking. He says, begin the morning by saying to yourself, I shall meet with busybody, the ungrateful, arrogant, deceitful, envious, and unsocial. I think this is a staple of Marcus just preparing himself each day in his morning meditation that he's going to come in contact with that fear, that he's going to come in contact with something that he's not going to know what to do, but it's ultimately partially out of his control. And you know, it's interesting what you just said. Um, uh, the, the thing here that says, accepting that the outcome isn't entirely under your control. I don't think enough people understand that. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people that I have met and close friends of mine, they're, they have to have everything under control at all times. And I'm sitting back after reading books and understanding things where you have to sit back and understand that life is life and you, you can't have control over everything. It'll stress you out. It will, it will tear you down. And I think um, moving into that quote that you just shared, I think um, meditation and uh, building habits of understanding and taking time to really think and get to know both sides is what's really important to, uh, to that point. Yeah, I agree. And what's interesting is the Stoics also see pain basically as fear, as a mental game more than a physical. Um, it's a little backstory to back up. Marcus's life, he, he grew up athletic. He liked to hunt. He liked to play. Um, and then later in his later years when he had you know to go to war, to go lead these wars, uh, when he was sick and old in the poor weather and the cold, like that rhyme right there, um, he had to find a way to get through that pain. And I mean, they didn't have weather forecasters, so he wasn't going to know how cold or rainy it was going to be that day. He'd have to stand in the cold. Now, granted, he might have some more, some more priority to keep warm rather than the soldiers, but ultimately he, while frail and sick, again, he's not in his thirties, he's older. <laughs> he is leading them in the cold. So he had to come 
to terms that he can't control the weather, he can't control what's around him, he can't really even control sickness. And you know, that that really brings up a really cool point about uh, a video I watched a while ago. Um, I don't know if uh, you've ever seen uh, Yes Theory on YouTube or if any of our listeners have, but they do some really, really cool adventure things. Um, and I won't really get into it, but they met with um, this really interesting man um, from a European country. I can't remember off the top of my head, but his name is Wim Hof. And he uh, he's known as like the Iceman. He's very... Um, people might think he's crazy, but man, he, he was in the video, he would go and sit in ice baths for, um, a very like extended period of time. He would go and sit in frozen streams. He would run around in freezers. That's crazy. He, <laughs> he would put his body to the absolute limit. And all this time, a regular person, you and I, we'd go and man, we'd be, we'd be freezing. We wouldn't understand what to do. And these regular people in Yes Theory went and met with this guy and he taught them the methods of breathing um, called the Wim Hof method uh, through meditation, um, breathing patterns, and really calm your body down, get full control of your body's reactions to almost everything. And in this particular example, um, like the extreme cold. So we'll uh, toss that in the description, a link to that video and uh, some other articles explaining Wim Hof. So, yeah. No, that's good. And that's part of that emotional battle drill. But also, um, Stoics also made the point to say that you don't want to purposely hurt your body. Now there's preparing yourself, which, you know, maybe go, maybe doing that training, getting your body accumulated to the weather, but you don't want to purposely, you know, shoot yourself in the leg just so, you know, you can deal with that pain. Um, Marcus said a good quote where he said, pain is neither unendurable nor everlasting. If you keep its limits in mind, do not add to it through your own imagination. So basically it's that cognitive distance again that we keep talking about. It's that fear of pain does worse than the actual pain. And, you know, catastrophizing it, just saying it, it's I'm in such pain that I can't move, I can't bear it. But you're really not. It, you know, as the great Kelly Clarkson once said, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> uh, a real a real shining quote that. But, um, <laughs> but no, ultimately, you can't think pain or pleasure is neither good or bad. Because, you know, when you're running, it hurts. Your, your lungs hurt, but you're ultimately getting better. And that's a case for pain and then pleasure. You know, I mean, just for the physical sense, if you are inside all the time and not around other people... Your immune system might not be as strong. You might not be able to combat those everyday, you know, cold and things. So uh, we're going to move on next to what what we see in our life. And Cody, you can start with imposter syndrome. Yeah. So imposter syndrome, in essence, is the fear of not thinking you're good enough. Good enough for uh, your family, your friends, your job, uh, your sports, whatever it might be. You're simply just not good enough. And it's, it's not that you aren't good enough for those things. You might be the most stellar player on the field. You might be the best employee at your job. But in your brain, you're thinking, man, I am just not good enough. And for a while through high school, I, uh, I, I didn't have that many friends and I wasn't heavily involved. And it, it was almost like 
man, like I'm not really, I'm not good enough to be here. Uh, my, a lot of my friends were pretty wealthy and I, I just didn't seem very good enough to be their friend. And a, a lot of these things all combined made me into this person where I'd always contradict everything that I would think that I might be good at. And it simply wasn't true. And going, growing up and talking with people and going to college, it's made me see that to, to be able to be successful, you're going to have those fears of not being good enough, not being able to uh, complete this task well enough for someone's liking. It's, it's honestly all a part of the, the process. And so for me, having that fear of not thinking I'm good enough and growing to be the person I am now, it, it's really shaped me because I, I stay humble about the work that I do, but in turn I recognize to myself and uh, people on the outside also recognize that I am doing a good job and I am good enough to be that person for whatever position I might be filling. I like that. And one thing, I don't know who said this, but fear stands for false evidence appearing real. And I think that's important because where we are in college right now, we are about to go into the world of fear, the fear of the unknown. And your present self is a reflection of your past thoughts. So you have to train your brain's intentions now so your future self is successful. So that includes, say, habits, um, what you do in the morning, what you do before bed, your relationships, who you're getting involved with, who is going to make you better, and methods for problem solving and reacting to, say, a loss. So you are about to be thrown into this world of fear, right? The fear of losing a job, fear of losing family members. And honestly, you're going to be alone. It's going to be you versus you. And you might have a relationship at the time that's there to support you, but ultimately you are reacting to this situation. So this is why I find that working hard now contributes to the long game. And I haven't really realized that until college because I've had to take a responsibility of independentship and work for myself. So maybe even in today's context of giving up a weekend or maybe even a month of not partying or doing those old habits that, you know, we talked about in the previous episode of the pleasures, not the authentic happiness, because that authentic happiness will come with time and these old habits might make you suffer in the future. Nate, this one phrase has been spiraling through my head this entire time that we've been having this conversation about fear, and I'm sure you've heard it. Uh, it's a step out of your comfort zone. Right. We've, we've all heard it. We've all been there. Yep. And in my opinion, I think this really encompasses uh, this lesson of facing fear and understanding um, fear. And this comfort zone is just that, um, where it's a place in your life where you're comfortable and things are going just fine. Everything's bright and beautiful and you're staying on a straight track and, uh, inside and you stay inside of this bubble because it is so comforting. And, but because on the outside, there are things that, uh, you might fear. Say the unknown, right? That's yeah. what we just talked about. And yeah. on a personal experience, um, I didn't really know what I was going to come to college with. I, High school wasn't my jive. I pretty much focused on athletics and social events. But now that I'm in college, I had to choose, and I chose math. I'm a math major. Crazy me, because honestly, it's black and white, and I can be totally comfortable knowing what is in front of me. I have a method to solve this. And I mean, there's always mathematicians that go a step further into how can I solve this without modern-day methods. But for me, coming into college, that's what I came into. and. Doing some research on the future, 
um, in hopes to find a job using math, I have uh, dug into data science and analysis, uh, which involves the unknown. And that's, that's a little different for me because I honestly don't even know fully what data science is. And I think taking a personal look on it, it might, it might help one of, uh, one of the listeners in the future when deciding on, say, a life-changing decision about stepping out of their comfort zone. Right, right. And, I, and I'm not even talking about like the monsters under your bed, the exactly. fear of the dark, fear of heights. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about taking risks, traveling the world, introducing yourself to a new person, the president of your university, changing the ways that you think, and all of these things that are going to be able to better you. And uh, this goes back to our last episode where we discussed Hercules, where he chose the path that, um, that was dark. The, the path where he would have to suffer to achieve his greatness. But look at what he did. He faced that fear and those anxieties and those depressions this whole time through all of his labors. And look, he came out to be this fantastic person. And acting on these um, fear-facing opportunities is crucial to life. I completely agree. A quote from the Stoic Determinism is the wise man who views the world rationally is never surprised by anything in life. And that's it for this episode. Check out our website for more cool shit. And thanks for listening to your Evening Explorationist.